Welcome back, Red Spotters, another show of the Red Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Alexis J. Soto, joined by my very good friend, Mr. David Francisco. And today, we're going to talk about whatever the hell we want to talk about here on Red Spotlight. We're usually the place that brings you all the latest stories coming out of the world of movies. But today, David and I are going to kick back and we're going to share with you a lot of the content that we have been kicking back with, so to speak. All of that here on Red Spotlight number 327. Before we start, we do want to remind everyone, of course, that we are gearing up um, for the <laughs> finally the top 10 lists of the year 2020. Again, brought to you halfway through the year of follows 2020, 2021. At some point, we're going to sit down with the whole panel and get their lists for their favorite films of the year 2020 and david and i are going to be doing a first uh, for our channel this year and that is a top 10 list of television shows for 2020 as well now how this works considering of course that television series run for a period of time if a television show had a brand new season of episodes that aired in 2020 that qualifies for the the official list we are also on the side going to be discussing tv shows that we either rewatched or experienced for the first time but were definitely not new you know to give a full recap of all of the content that we really absorbed in 2020 david did that make sense to you? Yeah, makes okay. sense. Uh, I, I think yeah. it's totally fine to like pick one, pick a show that had a new season because you never know. Because maybe like you know, its first season it was fine, but the mm-hmm. second season like it maybe might have knocked it out of the park, and you want to talk about that. Yeah. Was- and it's tough because you know there will be <laughs> some of my favorite shows of all time are gonna be mentioned. And it's going to be tough because they didn't necessarily have the best of seasons mm-hmm. in comparison to other shows who I may have a lot less passion for, but I can definitely, without a doubt, declare had superior seasons, you know? So it's mm-hmm. going to be, this one's going to be interesting in terms of how to weigh against the other ones. So I am going to. Um, off the top of my mind, uh, just quickly run through the shows that I will be, uh, that are in consideration for, um, the official top 10 list, uh, the ones that I can recall at the moment that I did see and that all, that had all new seasons in 2020. And then when I'm finished with my list, you, David, can try – you probably have seen all of these and then, then some. Mm-hmm. So David will probably give you twice the number of TV shows that I have. But these are the ones from the year 2020 that I saw and that I want to, uh, you know, declare, you know, in nomination for the list that I will inevitably um, make. And I still have yet to finish – some of these. So, so far I have The Mandalorian, Doctor Who, The Haunting of Bly Manor, Modern Family, Harley Quinn, Star Wars The Clone Wars, Rick and Morty, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Ted Lasso, The Crown, The Good Place, Schitt's Creek, and Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And by the time we get to doing the list, I will get to BoJack Horseman. Mm-hmm. Um... I have yet to finish that season that aired that year. So that's currently what I have right now. Um, that should come as to no surprise for longtime listeners. Several of these shows have been mentioned recently in what we saw this week. Certain number of these shows uh, have been discussed at length. I know for I uh, I think for in the in the case of the Crown and Shield, we actually did several you know episodes. You know, we did Beyond the Shield. We also did the Crown series with Alexis Moreno. Doctor Who, we used to do Who Knows. David and I recently had a discussion about that. So, And The Mandalorian. A lot of these shows we have discussed at length, and some we have not. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I cannot wait. And if I'm going to be honest with you, I am much more excited to talk about this list than the other list. And I want to be clear. <laughs> I do have a good list of movies for 2020. A good list where I can say um, I love some of those films. Um, it's not the best of you know lists because there are some years when we do the movie lists where there are so many movies that we cannot decide just to pick 10 of them. This year, that isn't the case. I think it's a very clear, okay, there's there's very little to pick from usually. But man, a lot of these shows I listed out, like, how do you even decide? How do you even rank? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it it's a tough thing. And uh, I can only say, like, even in some of the seasons that I personally did not care for, and I think you'll know <laughs> which ones those are, there were some pretty good episodes. I'm not going to lie, of television. There's a lot to um, get into. And I, wa- I want to make a note of this real quick at the top, David. If you can, when we – and I'd like to get to this by the end of the month, but there really isn't a rush. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we'll get into it in the beginning of July. Um, but if you can – Maybe keep in mind of some episodes that were your personal favorite or the ones that you remember the most of the seasons of the shows that you're going to pick for your top 10. So with that being said, I'm going to toss the mic over to you and can you – and this is the part where you're going to remember and reveal to us – all of the many different TV shows that you watched in the year 2020 that were new in 2020, mm-hmm. new seasons. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> I'm sure there are. Yeah. So the first one comes to mind is um, Stargirl, actually. I talked about this a lot last year, just every time I brought it up. First episode, highly recommend watching it if you're uh, interested. Um, Haunting of Bly Manor, that's definitely one up there. I know we said many times that we uh, prefer Hill House, but, you know, it's still great. Um, what is it? I think I might put Bridgerton in it. I'm usually not that into dramas, but, like, this one kind of got me hooked. <laughs> um, okay. What is it? Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. That one. Um, Absolutely. I absolutely loved it, honestly. It's, it's got music some great characters and everything uh blood of zeus it's an anime <laughs> got a lot of action and i just love mythology uh high score did you ever hear about that one no that one's basically like a history of video games like just how it's developed over the years from like D to we get role-playing games uh doom and all that and just some great history and some cool um just the way they talk about designing video games in general it's mm-hmm. awesome um i know there's another one i don't know if i would actually put this on my list but nun warrior uh, nun warrior okay yeah right now just to yeah remember all the shows that doesn't mean you're gonna put them in your list because mm-hmm. i heard there were some shows that i spoke of that are sure as hell not going anywhere near top 10 <laughs> no, sure not. Mm. Oh, upload. Yeah, yeah, that one was pretty cool, dude. I've never heard of many of these. Yeah, really. Wow. Uh, no. And, uh, I know. I don't know if Peter saw it, but I know he mentioned it. That show upload. It was right around we were going to talk about uh, the good place, and like mm. basically upload is about people who died and their subconscious gets uploaded into like a the internet i guess that rings a bell that rings a bell Mm -hmm. okay yeah yeah um what else i mean from new shows like brand new not recurring seasons i think that might be it um recurring ones i think you mentioned some agents of shield Mm um you watch doctor who yeah doctor who Yeah, yeah yeah the mandalorian I did not like Mandalorian, though. <laughs> I know but for you, sure that's But like you me. watched it, right? Yeah, yeah, I but saw it. But you watched it, yeah. Um, Harley Quinn. Oh, yeah. We just talked about sure. that. By the way, check out our episode last week, Harley Quinn. That was a great review. Uh, I loved that talking about that show. 
I assume you also watched the new season of Rick and Morty, right? Rick and Morty, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, what about... Oh, yeah, The Clone Wars. Clone Wars. Oh, yeah, the final season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. The Crown season four. You watched that. I actually haven't finished it. You haven't finished gotta, it yet? Okay, yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, I got to get to that. You, you'll get to that. Uh, the Good Place, obviously. Mm-hmm. Did you get to finish Schitt's Creek yet or no? No, I haven't. Okay. I'm still on season three, I think. Okay. Uh, you saw the new season of What We Do in the Shadows? Yes, I'm All right. caught up on that. Dude, you are a champion right now. <laughs> what we do, Shadows, man. You are watching so much of this stuff that I can't even compete. Uh, Cobra Kai, I assume? <laughs> yes, Cobra Kai. Okay. Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. I haven't finished the second season. Oh, you haven't? No. Okay. What about mm-hmm. The Boys? Boys, yes, I'm caught up on that. Okay. Do you watch The Umbrella Academy on Netflix? Yeah. Okay. The- That's another one. Um, I'm just guessing... Uh, to see if David has seen these. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that show you talked about, that animated series on HBO Max, did it have a new season last year? The animated series. The train oh. one. Yeah, yeah Infinity Train. Actually, I'm not, I don't think so. Let me check, double check here real quick. Yeah. I think, so Infinity Train is the name of the show? Yeah, it's that's the name of the show, but I, I know it, last season came out this year. Mm-hmm. It just had a new season on HBO Max. Mm-hmm, but I don't know if it's like the one before that came out. Uh, oh, this show, I still need to finish it, but it's called Hunters. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one was cool. <laughs> yeah, see, uh, book two or season two aired 2020. Infinity Train? Yep. Oh, okay, then. Yeah. Then, yeah. So Infinity Train. That counts. For sure. Ooh, uh, Lock and Key. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder. Um, was it last year? Ooh, let me check. What's the name of it? Uh, the Magicians. Um, I, I don't think. even know of that. That is an interesting question. Let me see. When did the last season come out? Got a lot of shows here already. Oh, um, here's an easy one. How many of the CW shows did you watch last year? Because <laughs> if that's the case, you have to add those to this list. So, do you watch the latest season of The Flash? Yeah, I'm okay. all cut up with Flash. Legends Supergirl, of Tomorrow? Legends. Supergirl? Okay. Supergirl. So, wait, did Arrow... Supernatural. When did Arrow end? Last year? Yeah, it ended okay. last year, and so did Supernatural. And oh, up yeah. With that. Supernatural. And then you said Supergirl. Did you also watch Batwoman? Yeah. And that was last year, right? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Batwoman. What about Black Lightning? Did that have a new season last year? Uh, it did, but I didn't watch it. Okay. I stopped so watching it. So for the CW, I have The Flash, Legends, Arrow, Supernatural, Supergirl, Batwoman. Any other TV shows? I guess uh, there's iZombie? Or did that air? Wait, that, that ended, right? No, yeah, that ended. Okay, what about... Um, excuse me, you mentioned it recently. There wasn't somebody else that was in there. What about um, Riverdale? Riverdale, not caught up with it. And I don't think I'm gonna be caught up with it soon, so okay. probably have to leave that off. Um, oh, I checked. The Magicians did have its final season last year. The Magicians? And, yeah, it's got five seasons. Uh huh. Um, I loved it. <laughs> wow, you're blowing me away here with all of these shows. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, oh my god, I have so much time in my hands. So do <laughs> like, you, I watch do you think these. we've we've gotten? Most of them, or do you feel like there are still some that we're not talking about? And that's just um, the ones that had new seasons. That does not include the ones that we also revisited last year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that might be it. Okay. So let me just recap what we have here uh, for the record. For the, the shows that David saw last year, and this is a preliminary list. It can be subject to change. Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, Blood of Zeus, High Score. The Haunting of Bly Manor, Stargirl, Nun Warrior, Upload, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Doctor Who, The Mandalorian, Harley Quinn, Rick and Morty, Star Wars The Clone Wars, The Good Place, What We Do in the Shadows, Cobra Kai, The Boys, The Umbrella Academy, Infinity Train, Lock and Key, The Flash, 
Legends of Tomorrow, Arrow, Supernatural, Supergirl, Batwoman, and The Magicians. Damn. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, So that's TV. Um, Have you gotten a chance to work on the movie list yet, David? I'm just out of curiosity. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I have a top 10. Uh Uh, Just I haven't seen all the movies that I would like to see from 2020. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, I have a feeling that won't that won't be nearly as long. No, not really. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Well, we definitely have a. We've got some stuff ahead of us. We got some work to do here. All Mm -hmm. right. Well, that's our preliminary uh, list of television shows that we'll be discussing on our top ten TV show that will come at some point in the future. So stay tuned, David. Let's go ahead and uh, talk about some of the stuff that we haven't. gotten a chance to get off our chest in in terms of what we've seen Mm -hmm. so um let's see i'll I'll go ahead and start off with some stuff i'd like to say Mm -hmm. so um i just finished my rewatch of malcolm in the middle did you ever watch malcolm in the middle uh, I saw it when it pop up on tv Mm -hmm. but you never watched the whole thing through and never got into it and I never really got into it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I I kind of sort of got into it uh, when it was on, like a long mm-hmm. time ago. We're talking about, you know, when it was in syndication, probably 2008, 7, 9, around there. Because it went off the year in 2006. Um, and so I rediscovered this show... And this really just speaks to the impact that WandaVision has had on me. Because it really did spark a revival in terms of my love for sitcoms. So since the conclusion of the series, WandaVision, I've gone back and watched 11 seasons of Modern Family. And then 6 seasons of The Nanny. And I just completed 7 seasons of Malcolm in the Middle. So that's basically where I've been. And Mm -hmm. Malcolm in the Middle especially, you know, you could... It has aged so unbelievably well the show was far better than i ever remember it being it is you know high value in terms of just pure comedy but it is revolutionary it is a sitcom but it was the sitcom to change everything up without malcolm in the middle we wouldn't have the mockumentary style shows that we have today with parks and rec and the office and modern family and the newer ones Malcolm changed the game. It was the first sitcom to drop the laugh track in many ways, the first high-profile one. And the main character broke the fourth wall, spoke directly to the camera, and was also um, shot with uh, – it wasn't just on a set, on a sitcom set. It was uh, shot like a movie. It changed the game. And it was also uh, substantive as well. It was about – an ordinary, authentic, working-class family that struggled with making ends meet um, and that had, you know, some pretty interesting values. Because, like, the thing with sitcoms and most of the sitcoms, as WandaVision, I feel, uh, very beautifully stated, are, you know, kind of an escapist. I mean, they do reflect kind of our real life, but they're kind of like a dreamlike version of real life. Um, but with Malcolm, it it did bring things back down to earth here and the family, you know, it's, it's very interesting. When I was watching this show younger, uh, Lois, the mom playing brilliantly by Jane Kaczmarek, uh, when I was a kid, she very much came off as the antagonist of the show. Um, now as an adult and seeing this again, there is just a whole new perspective and a new level of appreciation that you get for that character, that performance, and it recontextualizes how you see the family and how you see this show. And it really does bring into focus why WandaVision decided to basically dedicate a whole episode to uh, paying homage to that show. It is brilliant. Um, it is also 
consistent and one that doesn't wear out its welcome. And I will say, one of the things that I've kind of, you know, come to understand is Malcolm in a lot of ways, the main character of the show, with a lot of some of his like character traits, and I guess you could also say flaws, if you will, is uh, the social anxiety that it was to be a teenager in the middle of the 2000s. I can definitely relate to that. Um, and then also his uh, desire, I guess you could say, to be liked by everyone and anyone. Like he has this issue where he just cannot stand the fact that there are people that just won't like him. And that's a continual thing that happens throughout the series. And and watching this again, it kind of made me realize that, man, a lot of the social anxieties that I experienced um, as a, a teenager in these years definitely came from this show. It It, it kind of felt like, Okay, so this is where I got this particular fear from. Or, oh, this is why I avoided doing this for so long. Because oftentimes the kids would be involved in some very humiliating um, situations. And I kind of use that as a, I don't know, kind of like a, a textbook to get away from or to not do basically that. Um, but yeah. Yeah, but there's also a little bit of an insecurity with me is, and I've always had this in that I never really understood why it was that um, there were people in those particular years that just had no desire to have contact with me or have no desire to just not care for me at all. And I really do empathize a lot with what Malcolm was going to. Of course, I've since... Um, learn to overcome that insecurity and not put any, you know, that much stock in other people's perception of how I, you know, or who I am. You know, I've learned to move beyond such things. But I definitely felt um, a lot more connected to Malcolm. Uh, and it is a shame, I also want to say, I saw Jane Katzmerich. I think she quite possibly turns in one of the single best performances of all time when it comes to sitcoms. And she was nominated for all of Malcolm in the Middle's Malcolm in the Middle's seven seasons for best comedy actress at the Emmys and never won once. And that is a crime against humanity. She is the most nominated actress to have never won at the Emmys. And she lost to the likes of um, Patricia Heaton from Everybody Loves Raymond, Jennifer Aniston from Friends, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker from Sex and the City, Julia Louis-Dreyfus from The New Adventures of Old Christine. That was some of the the stuff that she lost to, the people that she lost to. So, I recommend going back into this show, especially if you're looking for some kind of nostalgia. If you're someone like me who is craving something very 2000s era, this is what you need to go and watch. So that's where I am. And the other thing I'm also diving into is Dragon Ball. That That's also something that I hadn't seen in such a very long time. One of the shows that I need to get into is Super, Dragon Ball Super, but I've never watched it all the way through. And I figured if I'm going to watch that, well, it's about time to rewatch the original you know, series. Now, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super, they're, they're, think of it as like one long continuous series. You know, the titles of the show are kind of irrelevant at some point. Like it all is based on the same characters and they follow the same plot lines, of the, you know. And it is a lot of things. You know, it is an action series. Uh, it is one that quite definitely pushed the envelope when it came to what uh <laughs> they would get past the censors there's a lot of blood there's a lot of um really horrendous murders that occur um that you don't see coming uh but ultimately why i uh, appreciate and really do love 
the series and what I've come and I've, I've finished uh, my current rewatch. I have finished the original incarnation of the Dragon Ball series and I am currently in the Frieza arc of the Dragon Ball C show on my rewatch. And what I've really come to understand about what makes the series work so well for me is definitely in the values that it has. And it kind of made me realize like, wow, this was really a definitive series for me and what I've based my particular moral and value system off as, especially when it came to the lead character Goku and how he is one that doesn't always and doesn't unilaterally speaking, but is willing and ready to forgive. And part of it, I think, what makes the ensemble of this series so stellar is, and surprising, is how many of its main threats are reformed in ways you wouldn't have imagined. Reformed and slash redeemed to where we have former foes now become members of the family. And the characters of this series, like uh, S.H.I.E.L.D., for example, or like the Guardians of the Galaxy, or maybe um, it is a family, maybe not less so a family unit, but more so a family that you see grow and expand as the seasons go by. And I just think... That's a great thing. And for all the flash, for all of the style that that show has, with the brilliant animation and all of the action sequences, there is some substance there. And there is some wonderful lessons that I hold dear to my heart. And going back and revisiting the series has made me realize, okay, this is where I got a lot of that stuff from. Now I kind of understand. So... That's currently where I am with what I'm watching. And so that's what I wanted to talk about today. David, what do you have to share with us? Uh, well, to go back to the Dragon Ball Z thing, one thing I actually like that you pointed out was the redemption thing of that show. And I kind of what I like about it, though, is that it's not the main arc of whatever saga you're watching. Like, it's always like it's always something else it's as it's if like the show kind of like wants you to decide for yourself whether they're redeemed it's not it's never really going to show you like in your face like and now this person is good or the person generally just stays the same it's just now you know yourself or you believe yourself that they're not going to take the the moral high ground on situations and not just kind of <laughs> it's be the good belief after it's that. the belief that given the right circumstances a person can change their heart and you see that happen mm -hmm. again and again and again and i'm not going to lie to you mm -hmm. some of these sequences are really damn right emotional when you realize mm -hmm. wow this person's come a long way when you say that most shows and how they do arcs, even in, in the best of circumstances, it's very clearly telegraphed. Okay, this is the arc the character is having, and it's going to happen throughout the season. What mm -hmm. happens here, though, the arc of certain characters, in the, in the case of Piccolo, in the case of Vegeta, they don't happen throughout the course of a single season. They happen throughout the course of the entire series. And it's mm -hmm. done really subtly. To the point where you catch yourself off guard by the time you get to seasons down the line, you think to yourself, wow, this person's come a long way. You know, it's not in your yeah. face about it. It just kind of happens. And I appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. Um, as for me, one thing that I'm watching came out just a few weeks ago. Um, Kung Fu. It's a CW show. Uh, it's about a woman. She was sent to China, or was it? Yeah, to China. Uh, she thought it was just gonna be like a little vacation that her mom uh, decided to like let her go on, but turns out it was for her to like meet someone Chinese. Like she's trying to set her up, and she's just like, "What the fuck, mom?" <laughs> uh, so she ran away from that and went to a monastery where she learned 
kung fu and she stayed there for like three years and it's really interesting um that so the show starts she's finally coming back because her other monastery was attacked and so she really had no other place to go so she comes back and just this weird family dynamic now because she's been gone for three years and i'm really liking how they're sort of each trying to build back up uh, after she was gone and her realizing like dang i made some <laughs> weird change weird changes from doing this um and the plot itself uh it's it's pretty interesting it's just about this uh woman the woman that attacked the monastery she steals a, a sword from there and turns out it's like a magical sword passed down from generation to generation and there's other weapons like a dagger and i don't know what else i think that might be a spear i'm not sure but yeah that's it but i mean the fighting itself it's fine but you know from from how the show's going so far it's getting a bit better and usually with the cw with their fighting they either get better or they get worse. And so far, <laughs> what I'm seeing, uh, it's getting a bit better. Because, I I mean, if you watch the first episode of Arrow in the last episode, Is huge there? difference. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I remember watching that last episode, and I was like, oh, man, I hope they made, like, the last fighting sequence, like, really good for Stephen Amell. And what they did was they did one shot of him of a long fighting sequence and i was like fuck yeah like that's how you do it <laughs> like that's how you do it. especially for him because he he trained his body right. for like how long yeah. was it eight years so like it was it was great and especially and when you look at the first episode uh it, it's fine again it's just look it just looks very coordinated mm-hmm. you can tell and that's really it but now no but after eight years though he killed it so um hopefully if this gets multiple seasons which usually does with the cw uh they'll get better as with the fighting mm-hmm. but yeah it's only been uh like less than 10 episodes i think it's i feel like six seven episodes so far but i'm pretty liking it uh another show oh superman lewis came out this year the episode after a back, seven week break this episode i know long ass break <laughs> uh but yeah, this uh, this news one, absolutely fantastic. Um, the actress that plays Lois, she had a scene that she like killed it. I was watching it with my dad. He hadn't seen a single episode, but even he was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> like that was that scene was intense. So like, you're the resident <laughs> CW expert here. Um, you watch basically mm-hmm. most of the stuff that's on there, and I've heard you discuss this before. You're very enthusiastic. Now you're very passionate about this show, and you're not alone. A lot of people are. Do you think – now, you know that Peter and I especially don't really watch slash care for most of the stuff that happens on the CW. What do you <laughs> think about this show? Do you think this is something I would like? Uh, I really think so, especially because – of Superman himself, you know, we complain about <laughs> criticize, criticize, uh, not complain. <laughs> criticize, sorry, use. criticize uh, Snyder's Superman. And like, if you want, like, the really honestly, like, the definitive Superman, the one that you were really hoping for in the movies, or just can, or just a, something different from Snyder, I definitely would recommend watching Superman and Lois again. That that line in the first episode where he saves a kid. And then when he sees the kid, the kid goes, oh, thanks. Like, thank you. Like, I like your costume. And Superman goes, thanks. My mom made it. Like, you know, you could tell that he's just a happy camper, clearly a mama's boy. And so there's just always these moments where it just gives you a giant smile because it's not just because, like, it's uh, it's Superman, but it's just generally funny. (laughs) Um, But then also you have... Um, I think maybe your one criticism of the show would probably be the sons, their teenage sons. Uh, I mean, it's just teenager stuff that you probably <laughs> will probably get annoyed at, you know. But, you know, they're teenagers. They do shit. It's dumb shit. How um, has the season that, progressed? Uh, would you say the quality of the episode is pretty consistent? Uh, yeah, I think it's pretty consistent uh, with the CW shows in terms of like CGI sometimes but with this show in particular that's always mm -hmm. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, it, it's still, I think I do find it still great. Uh, the plot, they're still almost like unraveling right. things in terms of the plot. But it's it looks like it's heading somewhere good. I'm really liking it. There's a reveal of a character. I mean, it's a, uh, you probably all know him in terms of comics, but uh, it's pretty interesting once you find out. I mean, not just from from comic perspective, but like just his reveal in the show of like what's happening with this person. It's great, honestly. So I really do recommend it. <laughs> okay, what else you're watching? I know I had it right here. Where are you? Um, oh my god. What was it? God damn it. Well, I just talked about one that I rewatched. Uh, this is like the fourth time, no, third time watching it. <laughs> uh, Violet Evergarden. Violet or Violet? Violet Evergarden. Violet. Okay. Violet. Yeah. The color Violet and then Evergarden. Uh, it's for sure one of my favorite animes, like possibly ever. Uh, the animation is absolutely beautiful. There's some amazing, amazing details that they put into it. Um, the story itself, uh, it's honestly just beautiful. It's about a, a girl after a war trying to acclimate to just a regular life, but also kind of understanding human emotions, basically. I mean, she's practically a robot. Uh, in the show and then as she um and okay so in this world something that's uh pretty important are women who write letters for people but they're just like you know they either send out certain messages or people come into uh to the post office and you know they're like oh can you write me a letter it's mostly because they don't know how to write they don't know uh the language or something or they just don't really know how to put their words into a letter. So, like, if you want to like write a love letter to someone, you know, they'll they'll their mind will be scattering. But like the person that they're called dolls, they'll just type it up and like they'll make something good for you. And just that concept of trying to understand human emotions and put it into something that can like really express it, like even more than what they're saying, it's honestly quite amazing. And so that's what the main character kind of has to learn throughout uh throughout the season and her realizing herself like just the importance of having these emotions but also the importance of human life itself in sometimes someone's life can just be in that letter like just their entire entire emotions you can even like say like their entire life is in a letter to trying to be sent out to someone either a parent loved one or just an old friend and so and it's just every episode though it's just amazing they keep building this world that you can't like it's just honestly kind of unique to me and then there's also just the music <laughs> i hardly ever pay attention to music especially for shows but this one though like i consistently want to listen to it over and over just on my earphones working when i'm working so yeah, I highly, highly recommend it. There's a show, there's a special, and there's kind of a movie on Netflix. Uh, and then I know there is a movie movie that came out last year, but I don't know if they're going to release it here anytime soon. I really hope so. <laughs> huh. Okay. Mm -hmm. Anything else? I was looking for it, but I got distracted <laughs> talking about where they were going to. Um, well, I actually found some more shows to add to the 2020 list, actually. <laughs> um, first one is 911. Uh, it's a, it's, I think it's a mm -hmm. Fox show about um, basically like. You're following multiple people. One's a 911 operator, one's a police woman, and another group of people are firefighters. And so you just get like crazy situations that they go on. You know, someone's stuck, uh, someone's stuck somewhere, someone actually stabbed themselves or something. Or it's just uh, two people getting in a stupid argument and they just happen to <laughs> get hurt. So the firefighters have to come and all that, or uh, an ambulance has to come. Uh, 
but yeah it's just it's it's really funny those situations they get into and i i'm just enjoying the characters really they're uh they're all going into something very different from the others and that they're just the ones that you're following they come together and they always try to help each other out however way they can and it's a nice show uh the other one is prodigal son that one's second season came out this year and it's just ended. yeah i saw about that um, yeah i just ended its run Oh, it's like for sure. You know, oh, I'm sorry. I don't want. I hate or, when I. Uh, I hate to be this person. No, I. It, it. It got canceled. It's not coming back. I'm sorry, man. Okay. No, I mean, that's fine. I it, I'd rather know than just kind of keep guessing. Like, I know oh, it's please, a bummer to hear that. No, yeah, it got canceled. I'm so sorry, man. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, but I mean, it's no. I think mm, it was a bit of a cliffhanger, but like, I don't see if if it. The ending happened. What happened? Uh, I don't see how it can keep going for like many more seasons. But it was still interesting. Uh, this guy found a, or this guy when he was a kid, his dad got arrested because apparently he's a serial killer. <laughs> he was known as the surgeon, and so ever since he got he got arrested, uh, there's just been this weird relationship between the both of them because like it says dad he wants to kind of like see the good in him but at the same time he knows he killed a bunch of people so it's like it's just there's weird confusion in his mind and uh, later on in our present time in the future or his future he became a profiler working for the nypd and the fbi and all that because uh, you know his dad's serial killer so he kind of got curious about the serial killer mind so and in each investigation uh, that we're following his dad is always involved not like he's the one that killed him but like his dad calls him up and he's like oh you just need my advice i know how my how a serial killer of mine works and he's honestly that guy he's honestly hilarious <laughs> he's he's like he steals the show sometimes but you know it's just it's kind of cool i i like detective uh shows and it's cool just kind of how uh the mind works and all that like what him profiling the killers as to like why they do what they do in a certain way and everything it's it's all interesting uh but yeah i mean if it ended its run if it ended its run and that i, I watch so many shows it like, seems that way i'm getting the impression you watch handled. basically every television show ever made because i like oh man half of this stuff i've never heard of in my life no, no, no. but damn <laughs> you really are watching everything out there that's amazing yeah mm-hmm mm-hmm <laughs> Uh, and then I mean just some other stuff that oh the other one I uh, Superstore mm-hmm. that one just ended too it's for that one had an ending that one had a final season <laughs> it's already over uh, and I loved it wow oh yeah for sure mm-hmm. and yeah it's just a hilarious story and me working in a grocery store <laughs> like I started seeing stuff in the show that I was like I've seen that <laughs> I hate it <laughs> Uh, but yeah no I mean it's just a hilarious show that I highly recommend watching and uh, it's final season I don't know how I feel because you know they filmed it during COVID uh-huh. and all that so they didn't try to like hide that it was a COVID time they literally just went all in masked uh-huh. up and everything and it's hilarious the first episode uh, they were like okay guys I know uh it's been crazy out there, but I mean, I'm sure we can just handle everything. It's, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. This is literally wow. the beginning of COVID, mind you. So, and then it went chaos in the store. People are fighting each other for the toilet paper and everything. And then like the main characters are just looking around like, what the fuck did we do? <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then it goes, ah, I'm sure this will I have end to wonder, soon enough. Are there moments in that show that um, <laughs> remind you of work? Uh, oh yeah, for sure. Just like, you know, some weird people, some people like, um, just people that are weird, some people that kind of like, uh, get into sort of arguments. I'm not, I'm, I'm at the store when it closes, but like that small amount when I'm there, when it opens, you, you see some shit. So yeah, there's some relatable moments, just the things people do. But the one thing is not on the show a lot, but this is the one thing that gets me annoyed uh, in my store. But when I'm working in the freezer sections, People leave shit that just don't belong. I saw a bottle of ranch. I saw some bread. I saw... 
I see gallons of milk. Like people, you're wasting shit if you do that. Just like I don't I like I don't even care if you leave it on the floor. Just like <laughs> just don't put it in the fucking freezer. You're making a mess. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you say to that man? I hate cus- I hate customers. <laughs> That's what I say. Wow. Uh, uh, I think that should be it for now for my 2020 shows. Uh, yeah, I think that's it for shows. Yeah, and some of those I think you mentioned were 2021. Yeah, Superman yeah, Lois, was, uh, Particle Kofu. Sun. Uh, Particle Sun yeah. actually came out last oh, week. Oh, that's too. true. Okay. Uh, seconds. Mm. Yeah, but the ones that I mentioned, like, they had a new season, and they just ended. So would you uh, count Particle a, Sun for 2020 or 2021? Mm, 2020. Yeah. Okay, so I'll put that to the list. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because you, you also could choose to put it in your list for next year, if you even remember. Um, any more shows? Um... No, that's it. I actually yeah. wanted to mention mm. some video essays um, that I've been watching on mm. YouTube. Several of them involving Doctor Who. Several of them I think you also saw. But before that, there was one great, just beautiful um, uh, video essay done by Artur. Uh, the creator, and let me spell it out, A-R-T-O-R-R. And to me, he did something truly special last year. And I have yet to share this with you. But last year, he did a three-part like video essay series on Star Wars, The Clone Wars. And I think mm-hmm. I must have mentioned it at the time when I discovered them. But... He split them up into three parts, and it's like almost three hours long, um, the three parts. Uh, and it's called, uh, you know, The Brilliance and Legacy of Star Wars, The Clone Wars. It is without question the single best piece of analysis that I've seen about why this show was great. And so to top that, or to follow that up, he did an hour and a half long video essay on the legacy uh, of Star Wars Rebels, another show that I really, really love. Um, and I, I'm just in awe of how he's able to break things down. Um, but it was, it, it plays like a recap, then also uh, emphasizes the themes that made the show great. And there was a couple of instances that they were just like wow you're so right you know about the legacy of this show he he talks about how a lot of fans like myself really were resistant to even watching the show when it first began because it 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 (laughs) was the unwanted successor or replacement to the clone wars you know and that's not something you'd like to you know have the reputation for Mm -hmm. out of the gate um, I, I think you'd love it, David. I'm going to go ahead and share that one with you first, because that one's a lot easier to get through than the other ones. But I, 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 these are among my favorite pieces of essays I love so much. And, um, it just reminded me about how much the show, you know, separate of the Clone Wars, why it meant so much to me. So, um, that's a great one to look into. Now, the other ones were all Doctor Who related. Uh, some good, some not. So, um, I mean, some positive, some negative. So, Council of Geeks, uh, which is one of the more reputable Doctor Who outlets, um, did two videos, one of which, uh, to commemorate Pride Month, Happy Pride, the beauty of the 12th, of the 12th Doctor's arc, a queer reading. Uh, she is a gender-fluid person, and so this essay, the first one, was to really explain why the character arc that Peter Capaldi's doctor has meant so much to her as a gender fluid person. Not that it obviously was like was meant to be that way, but how she um, responded to 
uh, that arc and her reading on it. And then obviously, so she just finished her Take Two series of uh, the Capaldi era, and she released a top ten video of her favorite Capaldi episodes. Did you get a chance to see any of these? Um, I, I saw the one. Uh, oh, let me see. I have. I send you a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, I and a lot of them are long. But I don't want that. I for sure. Yeah, the beauty of the twelve uh-huh. doctors arc. That one I definitely saw, which was, actually, yeah, it was really great. <laughs> uh, I still haven't finished the super long. That's one. a different. <laughs> I have not mentioned that Thanks. one yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, for sure, I saw that one. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's great to see more Capaldi content. It's great to see more Capaldi love again as a Whovian as a fan of the Doctor Who series it is my favorite Doctor is my favorite era of the Doctor Who series and my favorite episodes everything I love this era and I'm one I'm just loving the fact that more and more people are like of the mind like yeah this is a very underappreciated underrated era especially for how great it was and it may be due to the fact that what followed this era was kind of a mess all around, unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, you and I are huge fans of this series, and it's not one of the shows that we look forward to talking about these days, unfortunately. And that brings us to the other essay uh, by YouTuber JXC called The Fall of Doctor Who. It is over five hours long. <laughs> It is over five hours long, and it may not be everybody's cup of tea, and I'm not necessarily saying that everything that this person is saying is correct or that I agree with, but I feel Mm -hmm. a lot of the content in here is a brilliant deconstruction, and shall I even say dissection for why the Jodie Whittaker era has been for lack of a better word, abysmal. It it not only reminds you of that, but it kind of makes you think like, oh, oh, yeah, this really isn't even good in some spaces. One of the reoccurring elements that was pointed out in this essay was, and it kind of reminded me of what J.J. Abrams did with The Rise of Skywalker, and that is characters have couple of seconds to discuss some character moments, quote-unquote. And then a distraction happens, and then we're back to the plot. And a lot of the companions especially, and he keeps droning this on and on, are plot devices. They're not actual characters. And they don't react the way to things at all in most cases. And then there's a whole section, and I'm not even sure you've gotten to this, and I know you haven't gotten to this part, Mm. where... It deals with how Jodie Whittaker's Doctor is written inconsistently, not just with mm. – um, in contrast with her previous incarnations, but also with how she is written from episode to episode. One of the exchanges that really stood out to me was, recall back in season 10 – Doctor Who season 10, Peter Capaldi, the episode Oxygen, where they're in a spacesuit because they are losing air because a corporation has calculated how much air per- their employees need to use at a space station. And, I, and the doctor was like, well, yeah, this is fucked up. Why would they care? You know, the corporation obviously re- re- relegating, regulating how much air you can mm-hmm. have. And of course, they set you up to die. Um, and you compare that moment to in, in series 11 where Whitaker in Kablam, the episode where this company that's basically Amazon in space um, and this guy is trying to bring down the corporation because there aren't enough jobs for everyone and he results to methods that no one approves of. And then this version of the doctor says, the problem isn't the system. The problem is people like you. 
somebody, yeah. And mm-hmm. I remember at the time, that didn't sit well with me. I know that we recorded a Who Knows for that episode when it aired back in 2018. And I remember at the time just being very, I was very uncomfortable by that. Because that's not the doctor I remember. Like, this is basically the doctor saying, like, no, the system and the institutions are fine. That isn't the problem. The problem is people like you who abuse it. Of course, that really does, that's a false equivalency of somebody who might very well be a terrorist, but their ideology, their principles are not the same as the corporations themselves. Like, basically, the the corporations get off the hook here by the um mm-hmm. so that's a moment that is in clear contradiction um yeah yeah i think it's a really great breakdown for why a lot of why most of this era of doctor who just doesn't work most of the episodes i can find entertainment value in them Sure, it's not god-awful by any means, but there were a lot of the basic things that Doctor Who used to do really well, but just it can't live up to what it used to be. And you and I have said it repeatedly, and this person said it repeatedly throughout the five-hour video. Chris Chibnall just doesn't understand mm-hmm. how to write characters. Yeah. <laughs> And as a result, the fail just kind of fails on all cylinders. Oh, my God. And yeah. I just need him to go away. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Actually, one thing I, re- uh, <clears throat> I just learned. Did you ever see the show Torchwood? I never did. It a spinoff. No. I know, I know the spinoff. Let me just give some background information. So Torchwood was a spinoff of Doctor Who during the, the Russell T. Davies era. Uh, and it featured um, John Barrowman, right, uh, as um, Captain Jack Harkness in the lead role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I saw the first episode. It was fine. But it, the <clears throat> the ending of it just completely took me out of it. <laughs> like, I didn't bother watching the second episode. But I saw a video where that guy... You were talking about that YouTuber. He did a reaction with someone on the second episode. It is horrible. You know, and it wasn't just like little clips of the episode. Like, no, they got a really good amount that I understood the plot and everything. There are some character interactions. And it is horrible, honestly. Like, it... I'll say, okay, so the ending of the first episode, you just see this guy. He's hitting on a woman. And they go back to, I guess, her place or his place and they have sex. But the guy dies as he was about to finish. (laughs) And like, that was the ending of it. And I was just, and that's the thing that took me out of it. I'm like, okay, this is not like Doctor Who. I don't like it. (laughs) So I just left it. And was Chibnall involved in that series? That's what I was getting to. Apparently, yeah. Chibno was involved in it and the guy that youtuber that you're talking about he was like it really sucks that the i think he i think it might have been the f- two or three seasons he said it sucked but the either third or fourth season um were great it was great and that was only because Chibno wasn't involved <laughs> In one of those scenes. You know what? I'm beginning to think this Chris Chibnall belongs in the <laughs> same room as people like Scott Buck. Um, that are just... Or even... Um, what's his name? The writer of BVS, Justice League, and Rise of Skywalker. Chris Terrio. Everything they touch turns to crap. Do not work with them anymore. Why do they keep getting work? How did he get a job in that in Doctor Who? <laughs> if like he ugh. runs the ship, he needs to leave. Mm-hmm. He just like he. I'm sorry. Even I already know what the, what the next season is going to be like. It's like he's already. It's bad enough that he basically. I'm at this point 
pretty comfortable in saying he just ruined the show, but he ruined, he completely destroyed the first female doctors era of the show. Mm-hmm. That isn't to say it can't be salvaged. It can be if they just get rid of him, but I'm done with him at this point. Yeah. I have no confidence. Mm-hmm. Like that timeless child thing. It's it's emblematic of like you have a a huge retcon plot twist and it means nothing to the characters. Mm-hmm. So like I'll, I'll watch. Of course I'll watch the new episodes, but I I'm just mm-hmm. oh boy. Um, but there was one episode. I don't know. Whenever you get to the end, you let me know and we can discuss it in, in more in depth. Whenever that happens. Mm-hmm. But there are some interesting. Um, comments made toward the end where there was one episode of season 12 in particular that was actually pretty good all things considered um so uh the haunting of villa diadata uh it's the episode where they introduce ashad the uh talking cyberman in the past oh okay yeah that one was pretty interesting so that's that's where we are. Um, and then one more video essay to mention. Uh, take two. Look up The Father, How Florian Zeller Manipulates Us. Great essay on a great film. Um, just wanted to mention that out there. If you want to hear more about my thoughts and Peter's on The Father, check out our episode on Red Spotlight. It was the one before this one. So I'm done talking. Uh, David, do you have anything else to say before we go today? Uh, just a few things that I been looking into um one i've been reading this book the bookshop on the okay. corner and i'm really liking it i just i went to the novel like a couple weeks ago and i was just like okay i'm gonna try to get a book that isn't popular or that i didn't hear about it like i'm just gonna try to get around the book this is the first one i saw and i am really liking it uh, it's about this woman who she she works at a bookstore but that store closed down she got fired and so she was just like what the fuck do i do with my life uh i literally just know books like she collects mm-hmm. tons and tons of books and so one a friend of hers just said why don't you make like a store for your own but uh, make it like a moving truck um uh, get a van put your books there and start selling it on the road or something and she was just like yeah i'm gonna do that uh, and yeah, I just I've been liking her journey. She like she's she's in the beginning she's like very shy and everything doesn't talk much to people, but like as she's finally like getting uh, doing this, the more she does it, the more confident she gets. The more she's like not really giving much much of a shit around other people and all that, and she starts getting happy as she's um, working on the store and everything. So yeah, I need like I'm more than halfway done with it, and I'm I'm really liking her journey through all of this. Um, and actually, since this book is about her loving books, there's one book that they mentioned here that I started listening to the audiobook called, uh, The Knife of mm-hmm. Never Letting Go. This is actually the, that's the first book of a trilogy, uh, called the Chaos Walking mm-hmm. series. Do you know the movie? Yeah. That, so the movie that, yeah, really the movie came that came out, out <laughs> didn't come out. Nobody liked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was just like, oh, that's, that's the book based off, or that. Uh, that's the book based uh it was adapted to a movie so i was like fuck it i'll read it and i read it i i liked the first one it was pretty interesting um it's about this kid he lives in a world where you can some for some reason you can hear the men's thoughts it's just noise 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 everywhere and it gets super annoying and and it was believed that all the women died out because the disease that gave him their Mm -hmm. thoughts to speak out killed the women that's what he believed but then he meets a girl around his age and he's just like, what the fuck? And all this chaos <laughs> starts happening uh, where the man and his little village, I guess, started taking other, um, or I guess, I guess other villages that the main character didn't even know existed. Um, but it's just this thing about, you know, about this is just a bunch of truth and lies all going all around manipulation everything and like and i'm in the second book now and there's just this big manipulation towards this main character that you like you feel so bad about 
and you're just wondering like okay what is the truth like what is what happened that made society this bad to go into a war and to try to like basically tear down everything and so it's i'm really liking the second one the second one so far is way better than the first um it's great also i started listening to the audiobook actually because the guy narrating it is the same guy that narrated um uh the name of the wind and uh a wise man's fear which i mentioned before i love those two books and everything so i was like oh fuck yeah i'm listening to that <laughs> i thought he was great in those uh but yeah those are some books all right well if that's it we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up today thank you david for being here thank you all for listening as a reminder you can listen to our podcasts anywhere listen to podcasts apple spotify youtube Castbox, iHeartRadio, stitcher anywhere and everywhere every uh single sunday sometimes on thursdays stay under the spotlight and we'll see you next time bye-bye bye